you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Welcome to the NFL Players Podcast. I'm hanging out with Byron Jones. That's right. You wouldn't believe it. I was standing right at the combine when he set the long jump record, 12 feet, 3 inches. Drafted first round Dallas Cowboys, five years there. Now he's in Miami. And we're really talking about cornerback. We're talking about financial literacy. That's right. National Football League, current player, financial literacy. Let's listen in. Let's just go back to the combine when I first put my eyes on you. I'm standing next to the combine, your section of cornerbacks. Then I see this guy named Byron. Look like he jumped outside the stadium. And then I hear everybody yelling, what, what? 12 feet, three inches, Byron, set the record. What did that feel like? It was exciting. Um, it was one of my goals coming into the combine was to uh, beat the record. I think it was 11-6, 11-7 at the time. And truthfully, in training, I was only jumping 11-3, 11-4. But I knew, you know, when you know combine comes around, I'm gonna be ready. You know, you get the juice, and obviously they give they kind of taper off the training and all that stuff, so you mm -hmm. kind of explode at the right time. So didn't think 12 feet was possible. I was trying to get like 11-8, you know, somewhere around there. Surprised oh, you, me. Oh, you, you said Surprised you didn't think me. it was possible. I didn't. I didn't even think about 12 feet. I never. Right. I just wanted to beat. I know it was 11-6, 11-7. I wanted to beat that mark. I didn't care about how much, but I never thought 12, and I, hadn't, I haven't jumped that far since. I, I never jumped that far uh, before and after. You break a record. You're not expecting this. Did that start changing like, okay, what's going on here? Are you starting to, what's happening with Byron? The whole combine process is kind of dope. Well, I like it for a couple of reasons. Number one, you get a, you get a chance to be in front of coaches, GMs, and really kind of you know, show yourself and present yourself in the best light. Uh, you take the one lick test, so I'm trying to study up and trying to get right on that one. And, and at, the end of the, at the end of the day, you get to run around and have some fun and you know, do, do the jumping, do the footwork stuff. And it was kind of like all this culmination of all the work that I've done in the course of you know, five, ten years. Mm -hmm coming on to really three days and to me I was excited about that whole process and I just had extreme confidence as soon as I landed in India I'm like okay it's, real. it's about that time now so being at University of Connecticut what gave you that confidence I've always done the work I've always done the work to be where I am today I never I'd be truthful I never dreamed of being in the NFL I never dreamed of even being in college football but you know looking back on my life I've always done the work to get there I've always been I really take a day at a time and my mantra is kind of cliche but it's always win the day and it means a lot of different things it's you know getting up on time brushing your hair brushing your teeth going to class sitting in front raising your hands being engaged but also when it comes to the weight room you know lifting as hard as you can running as hard as you can being number one the conditioning sets all that good stuff so every day I did that you know for you know 27 days for 130 days for, 100, for 190 days, 3,000 days, 4,000. Just keep stacking up good days on top day of good of days. Time. Yeah, just, just a Where day Where did you time. get that mentality? My junior year in high school, I realized I wasn't that smart. My GPA wasn't that great, and my SAT scores weren't that great. And I said, damn, I'm going to make it to college. I got to get a scholarship. So I joined the track team. I worked with like a personal trainer to kind of work on my speed stuff. And school was already, you know, I was already not getting great grades. I was probably two, three, two, four, and my SAT was like 950, something like that. Pretty bad. Once I got to college, I, start, I started to see the opportunity that I had in front of me. I'm like, wait a minute, I can really change the course of my entire life. I really put the work into it at that point. I wish it came earlier in life, right. but you know, my freshman year in college, I said, I'm going to class. 
you know, I've always been a hard worker in, in the weight room and athletic. That came easy, came easy to me, but I just made the commitment, like, I'm not going to be average anymore. I'm listening to you. you you're a cerebral guy. Like, we're going to talk about financial literacy and, and the work that you're doing. You're not just a gifted, long jump record, combine, long jumper. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm hearing intellect here. And you're saying, because I heard you also say I wasn't that smart as a junior, right? So when did you become this thinker? I think it was the time I was sitting on campus. I'm, walk, I'm watching people walk by, and I'm, I'm faster than I'm stronger than I'm thinking I'm all big and tough. But then I thought to myself, is I'm not going to be com competing on the football field with these guys. I'm going to be competing in the interview room or you know from a, a, an employer. Like what value do I bring to a company? Right. And I thought to myself again, it's like I don't want to live you know, normally. I want to be different. I want to be extraordinary. I've been given this incredible opportunity to go to school for free. Like to play football, now what am I going to do with that opportunity? Am I going to excel? I'm going to take, take the, uh, the opportunity for what it's worth. And from that point on, I just, I'm just consistent. You know, I'm going to show up. I'm going to be in class. The basketball team won a national championship. I'm out to 2 a.m. acting a fool. But at 8 a.m., I'm in the class. <laughs> I'm in class, you know, taking notes and, and getting the work in. So I've been disciplined in that way. And then uh, once I got to the league, I started reading a lot more and just trying to learn. Being a, Start being reading. A, I started reading a lot of books, yes. We supposed to be these physicalities, these yeah. physical guys. You start reading. Yeah, I started picking up personal finance books. I was not going broke. After the jump and the combine, I was, they were talking, you know, third to first round. Right. I was like, oh, man, I can get a little bit of money. <laughs> and I thought to myself, man, I was at the time, I was in college living in like a, a 400 square foot apartment. It was bad. It had no front door. I couldn't make a call inside. I had to go outside. I'm like, I don't want to live like that no more. So when, when you get opportunity, you sign a big contract. I'm like, okay, so I got to take care of this money, how to protect it, how to grow it. So I started reading personal finance books. As we know, they don't teach us this in college. Right. They don't teach us this in high school. And I wasn't around money. So I just kind of just absorbed as much as I could. And I found a love in it. I found a love and a passion in reading and learning and being a lifelong learner. Just being exposed to stuff that I wasn't exposed to when I was younger. Man, it's like I'm talking to a 14-year vet here, man. <laughs> Your self-awareness is, I, I come across very few young guys like yourself. How did you become so self-aware? Because I hear a lot of, I'm sitting down on campus, seeing students, I'm realizing. We just kind of figure things out as life goes along. I've never been a goal setter, but there's been times in my life where I'm like, okay, I have one option, I gotta go there. In high school it was, okay, my grades aren't great, my SATs aren't great, I need to get a, I need to get a scholarship. And then, you know, obviously you get into the league, I'm like, okay, I don't know anything about money, so let me start reading about money. And even in college, college wasn't you know a thing where I was right. thinking about the NFL. I was thinking about okay, I got a scholarship, right. a good education at a good institution. Let me focus on school. And then junior year, I think that was the year that uh, Richard Sherman had a big year. And you know, TV analysts were talking about big corners, six right. three, two hundred pounds. I'm like, well, I'm six one. I got two hundred pounds. <laughs> I got long arms. I can run a little bit. So right. I said, okay. Junior year, I started to really focus on ball and start to. Um, watch more film and stuff like that. Like I said, I was, I was always willing to put in the work, but I just did a little bit more to kind of put myself in a position to go to the NFL. Now, you did something that's usually just the opposite. So I played 12 years at cornerback. Yeah. Went to safety for two years. You start out at safety, drafted with the Dallas Cowboys, yeah, right? Yeah. I, I feel like the Cowboy fans right now in my ears, like, <laughs> that's my man, right? You go from safety to cornerback. Yeah. What was that adjustment like? It was fun. No, I, you know, I kind of came into the league understanding that I could bounce around. Truthfully, I wasn't really that good at corner coming in. Right. The guys who were ahead of me, Brandon Carr and Mo Claiborne, those guys really turned it up. Those guys were really good. I remember uh, watching those guys in practice and seeing the intensity and the focus in their eyes. I'm like, y'all drafted me to start over these guys? I'm like, I don't know. I don't know if I got the juice. But like I said, I take things day by day and kind of just work at things. And an opportunity came open at, I think it was like game four at safety. And I kind of made the best of that opportunity. And it kind of stuck me back there for, for three years. And then honestly, at the end of the, the three-year mark, I wasn't really doing good at safety. You know, I was kind of rotating in at the end of my third year in the league. And that year ends, we bring in a new coach. And he looks at me and says, you're not a safety, you're a corner. 
and I will make you a lockdown corner. If you do these three things, you'll be fine. Who is the coach? This is Chris Richard. What are the three things? He said, I want you to stay on top, eliminate stay the on top. Stay on top, eliminate the fade ball, and be a good tackler. My first year at corner in 2018 went all pro and then obviously Pro Bowl. So following his word, it helped me wow. out. But uh, he saw the he saw the talent in me at a different position and a different system. And thank God for him coming through at that moment because it wasn't looking so bright for me at that point. Byron, going into my fourth year, Rob Ryan, mm -hmm. Rex's twin brother, he gets the defensive back coaching position. First time I re-signed back going into my fourth year, he puts his arms around me. He says, Aeneas, you can lead this league in interceptions. You can make all pro make the Pro Bowl. That's the first year I did it. Year four. Amen. Take I'm some time. Listening right. Take some time, right. but you this, get it this right. This journey, right? This persistence is staying on the course and you know wow. just doing your best. What's it like playing for Jerry Jones? What was that like? Oh, uh, it was dope. Any any stadium we went to it was a home game for us. It's everywhere you go and you feel the energy from the fans. You know, I first got that down to Dallas, it's almost uncomfortable how deeply rooted football is and you know, from basketball land. You right. know, we ain't I don't see tattoos of football teams on people's body like right. that. When I came to Dallas, that's all you see. But you, you learn to respect it and you learn to appreciate that love and appreciation for the game. And, you know, it was fun. It was definitely fun being there, but yeah, on different things nowadays. Financial literacy. You're a player. You, I'm hearing all your, it's, it's almost like your epiphanies come from daily discovery of yourself. Financial literacy, you start reading books and... What did you learn? What was the first financial book you read? I think it was Rich Dad, Poor Dad. That was my first one. I read Good like a couple of David Ramsey books. I read uh, a, mil a Millionaire Next Door. Mm -hmm. But honestly, I watched a lot of YouTube videos too. You can condense, you know, a whole book of knowledge within a 10 minute video, just very clearly and concisely. So uh, just learning about stocks and bonds. I mean, age of 23, I'm on Investopedia, like looking up what a stock and bond is. I'm like, it doesn't make sense to me. I don't understand this. And just kind of seeing my growth from that point to now is, that's a dope part. That, for me, that's exciting. Like right. I knew nothing about this space. And now I feel like I'm heavily invested in you know, so many different aspects of the financial world. Your teammates, do you find that they are as intriguing as you are as it relates to finance? And what's that tension like, having that mindset and maybe seeing some of your, your fellow teammates not necessarily engaging like that? Yeah, it's just, it's just guys are young and we're not exposed. We don't come from money uh, and they're not teaching it in school. So I, I try to be understanding with the guys. Like, hey, I know you want, I know you want this stuff, but mm -hmm. let's create a plan for it. That's, that's level three. You're on level one right now. Let's just take your time getting there. I and mean, guys have been receptive. They listen. And that's the cool part about being a veteran, an older player, right. is the younger guys, they look up to you and they listen. It's exciting, but I'll tell you this, a lot of guys in the locker room, we talk about investments. Right. Guys talk about cryptocurrency. Guys talk about real estate nowadays. So the conversation is more uh, prevalent nowadays than I would say even my rookie year, to be honest. You know, one thing I admire about the, the current generation, you guys are woke, as they, they call <laughs> it. You're in the community, you're working, and we'll talk about what you just did. Uh, we're here at the draft a couple of weeks ago. You start a bank account yes. with uh, elementary school kids, yeah. $40. Yeah. Tell me about that. So it's actually it's a partnership with the NFLPA and Goal Setter. Okay. And um, we came up with a program to number one, educate kids and kind of plant that seed in their head early about how to make money, how to protect money, how to grow money. And then we kind of give them the, the educational tools within the Goal Setter app to teach them you know, exactly what to learn and how to learn it. And then we actually give them some skin in the game, give right. them some little bit of money. Right. And I told them, I said, I know $40 doesn't sound like much now, but if you guys do it right, man, you guys can have a pretty good nest egg. And I mean, as you guys get out of college and obviously be, become adults, but I think the most important point I taught the kids was just like, it's really about your time in the market. Just I know you guys are young, you're not thinking about 10 years down the road, right. but you'd be very happy if you just invested a couple of bucks per year if you, had, if you had the chance to put some money in your investment account and you'll watch how it grows from there. But 
I just, we just want to plant the seed in the kids' heads early right. uh, to understand that there's a bigger world out there. Uh, you don't have to work all, all the time for your money. You can let it grow. You can let the money do the work for you. How important would it be to get in our communities in particular yeah. this understanding at the elementary level? What were the kids like? Were they a lot of questions? Did they yeah. come back to, okay, Mr. Byron, we know about that, <laughs> but what, about, what kind of car you drive? I speak to kids about this often, and mm -hmm. I spoke to my college team a couple of weeks ago, but th this session, I kind of talked at them a little bit, and um, there was actually another teacher before me that kind of went, and okay. I called the kids out because she was asking questions and kids weren't really answering. I said, guys, if you want to be successful in this world, you have to apply yourself. You can't just sit down with your hood on and you're leaning over in a chair and expect to get the information. You have to really in engage with it. That was a challenge, besides the financial literacy part, was challenging the kids to be more engaged in the classroom and, and being more interactive in the classroom. But no, the kids typically ask really good questions. And I, and I tell them, like, hey, guys, ask me anything. Money, cars, women, you know, clothing, anything you want to ask me. I'm, a, I'm an open book. And I just want to just shed some light on stuff that kids may not feel comfortable asking their parents. Or maybe they even hear their parents say it. It just it hits differently when it comes right. from me. Is there a bank that you're working with, that you've partnered with, with what, that $40? Not in particular. Okay. I let Gold Setter kind of take care of that. But, you know, as long as the bank is willing to work with us and kind of help these kids out to understand it, then we're, we're willing to have business with anybody, I guess. You were nominated 2020 for the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award. When did the community become important to you? Uh, 2020, like a lot of people, you know, there's a lot of people talking and Twitter stuff, Facebook stuff. And I looked myself in the mirror and was like, am I doing enough for my community? And the answer was no. And that was very disappointing. And I'm in this incredible position, have so much influence, have capital, and I ain't doing nothing. I was like, okay, I'm not gonna be that person again. And I just realized I see, you know, what I am now and what I want to be. So right. I said, okay, I'm gonna change that. Now the Miami Dolphins was, they were really instrumental in kind of forming this impact committee that we have. And we started with a group of guys and kind of focused on three different things, you know, civic engagement, you know, education and economic empowerment. We kind of focus our minds and attention on three buckets because, you know, we're football players, number right. one, you know, but we want to kind of put our time in the most effective buckets, as you will. Versus being spread out. And, and yeah. Versus being spread right. out and trying to do everything at once. And just having the conversations with the, with the players, our player engagement, uh, Caleb Thornhill has been instrumental in kind of setting those meetings up for us and really hooking us up with the right community leaders to talk to. It's not even about us doing it, it's about empowering people in the community who are already doing what we want to do. Mm -hmm. um, and kind of giving them the money or, or giving them the access or the influence that we have and, and helping them out and achieve their goal. How has it been working with, with the owner, Stephen Ross? I know he was once on the Players Coalition, yeah. has been engaged in, in, in a lot of work in, yeah. uh, in the community. What's that been like? It's been fun. Mr. Ross right. is very active in the community. He's had you know, a couple of conversations with the players, just speaking very frankly about how we feel about certain environments, the police, racial tensions. He's been a part of those conversations. Uh, the CEO, Tom Garfico, has been a part of those mm -hmm. conversations too. So, I mean, I was able to, uh, we were able to fund a construction trade program with FMU, uh, along with Lennar Foundations. Mm -hmm up to $700,000 to pretty much teach anyone, high school dropouts, uh, returning citizens, how to learn the trades of building and you know, constructing, whether it's flooring, electricals, HVAC, because hospitality and construction are the two biggest industries in Miami. So that's the economic empowerment bucket that we kind of focused on. And Mr. Ross wrote a pretty pretty big check for that. So And happy. how important it is for when guys do get the epiphany, when they realize, like you ask yourself, man, what am I doing yeah. in 2020 in this space? How important it is to narrow it down 
because we could be all over the place. Like I said, you can't be all over the place. You got to figure out, okay, what are the most impactful things that I can spend my limited time on and, and kind of go from there. But the tough part is being consistent and having the grit to uh, persevere through a lot of the, the roadblocks that are going to be in your way. Right. I mean, you got to come correct in these meetings. When you talk to a superintendent, you talk to a, a legislator, a congressman, a congresswoman. You got to ask the right questions to get the answers that you're looking for and get the clarity that you're looking for. So it's a lot of preparation, a lot of phone calls, but it's about pushing through it. You know, I do it in football all the time. Why not do it in other spaces? Speaking of legislation, you intern in Connecticut's uh, legislature? My AAU basketball coach was actually the Speaker of the House. I didn't know this when I was playing basketball for him. And I figured, I'm like, you know, I know that dude up there. That's, that's my AAU coach. Uh -huh. So um, I was studying political science at the time. You know, the person that encouraged me to do that was Barack Obama. You know, in 2008, I'm, uh, I'm sitting down here and some guy with a nose like me and ears like me on the TV talking about politics and the, and the, and the economy. I'm like, uh -huh. oh, well, maybe I can, I'll try that in college, see what that's like. I just found the classes very engaging and very enlightening, so um, I kind of took that path early on in college. So I said, let me get an internship. And I, got, I went into the state uh, legislature, and then I went to the uh, nation's capital as a uh, congress, like a congress congressional staffer. Uh, what was months. that like being it in was cool. those yeah. environments where it seemed so tension? Yeah, you know, you know, a lot of tension there. It was very important for me because I realized what I didn't want to do. But it's really, it's really cool to kind of learn the inner workings of policy at mm -hmm. that level. Everyone thinks of the congressmen or congresswomen kind of running the show, but they have a whole staff. Sometimes between 20 and 50 people, depending on if they're a senator or, or in the uh, or in the house. And these people are brilliant. They're smart. You know, honestly, they're probably not making much money, and they're working ridiculous hours, right. but they're doing it for the betterment of, of their community, uh, their their district, or whatnot. And it just, I just wasn't cut out for that. You know, I learned very quickly. Like that's a different ball game. But I appreciated the time going there and kind of learning that for myself. Quick question about the cornerback position: six total interceptions. How many PVUs last year? Maybe 10. So you, okay. you just did, people not throwing to you, throwing your way. Yeah, you know, our defense was good. I, I know, I watched it. And my other buddy on the other side, he was even exactly. better, man. Yes, yes, I watch <laughs> yeah, you guys. Yeah. It's, it's amazing secondary. It's fun. And yeah. now you, you're building with Coach Flores. Yes. And you were talking earlier before we got on camera. Mm -hmm. You excited about what's being built there? Oh, yeah, of Talk course. You know, that was a big component of me going to Miami was right. understanding the potential of a young team with so much draft capital and kind of seeing a young coaching staff want to kind of put this program in a different light. And I saw that and I felt that when I spoke to them. I spoke to a lot of teams and they were the only team that said, hey, Byron, you're good at X, Y, and Z, but you need to be better at A, B, and C. Wow. I was like, I like that. Yes. And other teams are, hey, you're the best. We're going to pay you everything. You're right. going to make, make a team around We're going to build a team around you. I'm like, it sounds good at first, but it's right. like, I don't really like that. I, I want to be coached. Wow. And, and they were really, really upfront with that from day one. As soon as my first talk, meeting with them, they said, hey, you're good at this, but we need you to be better at that. Right. And um, I really respected that. And seeing the draft capital that they had, a bunch of first-round picks, a bunch of second-round picks, I said, you know, Miami can be doing something special. I want to be part of that. I want to be at the ground floor, right. you know? Quick hits, we out of here. Who is your NFL idol, and have you ever met it? I'll be honest, I, never, I didn't watch any football growing up. But didn't I watched watch it. Yeah, I, my dad was a Giants fan, so I watched Giants okay. games. So gotcha. I met, or I, I, I guess Eli Manning was like the guy okay. at the Giants. Okay. I didn't meet him personally, but right. I, played, I played against him many times. So. All right, here yeah. we go. Best trash talking wide receiver in the league? I'm not even a wide receiver. Best trash talker ever is Cam Newton. Really? He has a master's degree. He's talking trash <laughs> All out there? day, yes. Really? Yes. And I played him a couple of times, obviously in New England and then when he was at the Panthers, but that man can go now. If you talk to him, he's going to get you right back. Really? <laughs> You're going to be quiet. Okay, final question. Which is better, Dallas barbecue, Miami cabana sandwich? Man, I say I like barbecue, man. I'm a barbecue guy. You so. barbecue guy. Oh, yeah. I'm with that. I haven't had the, the sandwich yet, to be honest. In 2020, I ain't not out there like that. So right. we'll try it in 2021. 
Gotcha. Thank you, Byron. You're welcome. Appreciate you being no with problem. us, man. Thank, Thank you. you. The best is yet to come. Keep up the great work. To provide feedback or request a topic for discussion, email us at NFLLegends at NFL.com. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.